2NURFM 103.7. Time to have a look at everything that's happening in the world of travel. We do that with our travel guide, Sally Lucas, here for Talking Travel. Sally, good afternoon. Where will you be taking us this afternoon? This afternoon we'll be heading to a different part of our reef. We'll be heading into the Mojave Desert. We'll be heading to Greece. Sand, water, and then a place that puts them together nicely. (laughs) (laughs) It's Talking Travel on the way at 2NURFM. 2NURFM 103.7 as we continue with Talking Travel. Sally Lucas is here, and what better way to kick off our holiday afternoon with heading to the Great Barrier Reef, Sally. Nice little bit of daydreaming for us. Well, it's a lovely part of our country. If only we could keep looking after it in a better manner, of course. But there is... a what they call a sweet secret on the reef. And believe it or not, it's Bundaberg. And it's got a lot of unspoiled beaches with direct access to the Barrier Reef. And you've got beautiful wildlife and produce in that region as well. Of course, it's famous for its rum, as we all know. But I'm not going to just talk about the rum. You've got islands there. You've got Lady Musgrave Island and you've also got Lady Elliot Island. So it's the most southerly of the Great Barrier Reef Islands is Lady Elliot. And you've got a little landing strip on there. So you can actually fly out there on a 13-seater caravan aircraft. And it's famous for its birds and its it's marine life. There's around 200 species of sea, land and shorebirds on Lady Elliot Island. So these are islands where you can go or parts of, around Bundaberg that are still virtually unspoiled compared to the rest of the Great Barrier Reef. And I guess we're all looking for that these days, somewhere that's a little bit off the real busy tourist track. That does make it a very attractive proposition, doesn't it, Sally? Like you said, not quite as built up as some of the other areas at this point and around 200 different types of bird life. Fantastic. It is. And also they've got 4,000 native coral cave species there as well. Um, they've put solar power on the island and it's got desalinated seawater process, so they're really looking after that part of the area for the reef's sake. Um, you've got 20 dive sites around the island as well, which is fantastic. Now, Lady Musgrave, unlike... Um, like Lady Elliot, however, you go out by a catamaran. It's a 90-minute trip and it's there's no resort on that island. You can camp there, but this is, you know, just an island where you can go. You can sleep over if you wish, but it's a lovely island just to go and wander around. Again, so unspoiled. Now, the other thing that Bundaberg's famous for, which pe- uh, people may not realise, is the beach called Mont Repos. Uh, that's a French word, so I'm imagining, I didn't look up the origins of it, but it might have been one of the original French navigators who have, we've got so many French names in and around Australia from those days. So I'm imagining it harks back to that. You know what, it might be, Sally, just <coughs> could be. Yep, my, well, Mont Repos sort of means my resting place. Um, so it's a lovely name to have for a, for a beach anyway. Now, this is where you get the nesting place of the largest concentration of endangered loggerhead turtles in the South Pacific. So on reaching maturity at between 30 and 35 years, they return to their birthplace to nest each year. And that's between November and March, if you're wanting to be there, to be there sorry, when that happens. So you can go and do a night time. You've got to book it, of course, because you're then taken and you've got to be very quiet. They've actually improved it from its early days where there's not invasive light anymore so that it helps the turtles. But they actually give them these special torches and one of the um, journalists who went up there, they guide the little ones to try and give them a, a light to get them into the water because only one out of about 
a thousand or more even survive. It's not many, is it? <laughs> it's not many at all. But what a wonderful experience it would be to, to do that. And they've also got a, a wonderful uh, centre there as well where you can, you know, get all the history of the turtles, etc. within that area. So if you're looking to go to the reef and you just think, well, I really don't want to go to a commercial part of the reef, I mean, obviously, horses for courses, as we always say. I mean, Hamilton Island, busy, 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 commercial, etc. if that's your thing, you know. But if you're looking for something that's a little bit off the beaten track and you can do cultural tours there as well, like Indigenous cultural tours. So it's, it's just that little bit more, I guess, relaxing. And the journalist who wrote this article that I was reading in one of the travel magazines said she just couldn't get over the beauty of the beaches and the white sand and how unspoiled they were. And you're just virtually there with hardly anyone else there and the, and the crystal clarity of the waters and the reef she was talking to another lady there and she reckoned the actual coral reef around this Bundaberg area was far better than up off the Cairns area because it's been more look, well looked after and, and not as because it isn't as commercial. Who would have thought, Sally, the big secret of the Great Barrier Reef, Bundaberg, hiding there off for us in plain sight all along. All along. <laughs> all along. All right, a little bit more talking travel next to 2NURFM 103.7. 2NURFM 103.7 as we continue talking travel with our travel guide and expert, Sally Lucas. She's done the water and now we'll stick with that sandy vibe but across, Sally, to the Mojave Desert. Well, yes, and this, I'm referring to an article that was in the Sydney Morning Herald this week um, about, you know, it was Qantas, but it could be any airline, you know, they've all had to put their planes in, in the desert, you know, to, to keep them there. And because of the COVID pandemic, of course, now with Qantas, they mainly had all their A380s parked over there. When you think about it, it's a 73 metre long plane, to nearly to 24 metres high and a takeoff weight of up to 560 tonnes. So the Airbus A380 is the largest and heaviest passenger aircraft in the world. So it's responsible for a significant chunk of um, international flying. But you've just got to remember that you know, to try and bring these vessels, oh, these vessels, I'm thinking ships now, aren't I? These <laughs> aircraft um, back to their former flying condition, it takes a thousand days, you know, to get these planes up and running. They run the engines regularly in the desert and these engineers are over there in the middle of the heat, in the middle of the cold. Apparently they even have to kick rattlesnakes off the wheels. They have to go and check all the wheels. Oh, wowzers. So that movie Snakes on a Plane is pretty much a true story. Let's just hope none of them end up on the plane to come home. But the entire aircraft is wrapped up to protect it from moisture, dust and insects. Every opening panel and cracks taped up and not just the outside, that's everything from the carpets to the seats to, you know, so you can imagine the whole unwrapping process even takes so much time before they even get to the tests they have to do, like the liquid, the like the fluids to the actual nitrogen and oxygen systems. And so there's so much goes on. So you've got to understand that getting these planes back in the air, I guess what I'm trying to say is cost. So this is a lot of the reason why you're finding there's not cheap airfares at the moment because all the airlines are having to spend so much money on just getting these planes up and running again. And it'll probably be not until at least next year, I reckon, that you'll start to see any sort of, you know, discounted airfare because they really... Well, everyone's travelling, so they don't need to discount, but also I think they're still trying to cover their costs. Well, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, turning uh, the economy as a whole off, I suppose, but even if we stick with aeroplanes, turning them off and then trying to search them back on again, it's not just like turning a television off after you've been no, asleep. There's no. that whole process that we, we don't really think of so much. No, it, it's and you can imagine trying to unwrap a plane. I mean, I just try and get a visual image of, you know, how many people it must take to, to get a plastic cover off. <laughs> <laughs> a 73 metre long, 24 metre high plane. 
But, you know, there's a lot goes into that. So we've got to be patient and tolerant that it is taking a while. I mean, they're all back, nearly all back in Australia now, these these planes, but they're still being having more testing even done here. But they're saying they're going to, again, expire soon, the A380. So, again, we're looking at... But they can't afford to replace their fleets just yet because they've just only got them up and running, you know what I'm saying? So it'll there will be new aircraft probably come into the picture, but that might not happen for another decade. Well, that's another side of it too, Sally, because, I mean, if you buy a plane and you know that generally you get X amount of years out of it, whatever that is, mm. and I guess they kind of budget in, well, this is the amount of air travel roughly it'll probably have doing mm. the same route here, there and everywhere, mm. and it'll have this many people on it spending this much money. We take three or four years out of that uh, and all of a sudden mm. you are left with a couple of pretty big holes. I reckon. <laughs> Very big holes, actually. But that, that anyway, are filled by the snakes. Anyway, I was just, no, forget. Can you imagine trying to get rid of rattlesnakes? No, thank you. But anyway, let's just hope they do get rid of them all and they're not on the plane. That's the main thing. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that I just sort of wanted to explain that just so it lets people, or try to let people understand or our listeners understand why, you know, the situation is the way it is with airlines and fares, et cetera, at the moment is they've, they've got a lot of costs that they've got to cover. All right. Uh, hopefully, like you said, next year, Hopefully we get to next year, Sally, and we're not talking about next year still. <laughs> fingers crossed, Mark. I won't, I won't put an end date on that, but fingers crossed. All right, yeah, absolutely. A little bit more talking travel. <coughs> Sally will get into the hot deals for us next to 2NURFM 103.7. 2NURFM 103.7 as we continue with talking travel with our travel guide, Sally Lucas, who is here. Some hot deals, and I, I believe Greece at some point here, Sally, may be part of the picture as well. Certainly. Greece legends and landscapes, eh? Step into a world of myth and magic where ancient art and culture flourished, philosophy was founded and gods were made. So there you go. That's an apt description of Greece. From awe-inspiring archaeological sites to sleepy towns and coastal treasures, Greece rewards with every twist in the journey. So this is a wonderful itinerary. It's a 12-day itinerary throughout Greece and it includes 11 nights in hand-picked accommodation, a very experienced tour leader driver, mini-coach transportation, you only have a maximum of about 18 people on this. You get 11 breakfasts, a lunch and five dinners. Also, you learn from the masters in a traditional Greek cooking class and you go to Naxos, which is a wonderful island in the Cycladic Islands. And also you go to Sacred Delphi, which is just fantastic, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's an amazing ancient city to go to. So obviously you do start in Athens with this and you go to Napoleon, which is um, going south, and then you end up at Naxos, which we mentioned, which is in the Cycladic Islands. And that's just a beautiful part of Greece, I can assure you. And after there, you're continuing on through uh, even up to as far as Olympia, of course, that's famous for the start of the Olympic Games, etc. Um, and then from Naxos, you're going through the Corinth Canal. And as I mentioned, Delphi is included in here as well. So there's some lovely sightseeing included on that. Now, this is going to be um, about 12 days for just under $6,000 per person. And there are various different departure dates you can have a look at for that as well. So just keep that one in mind if you're really wanting to immerse yourself in Greece and its history and culture. A couple of nice cruises too, Mark. Um, this is one from actually, it includes Greece as well, sticking to the Greek theme. It starts actually in Athens and you go through the Corinth Canal and you go into Delphi, then Corfu, and you go into Kotor in Montenegro, Dubrovnik, which is that beautiful old walled town in Croatia, Korčula, which is in Croatia as well, Havar, this is all in Croatia, and then you go into Slovenia as well and you finish up in Venice. That's a really nice itinerary. It's a 10-day and it's on these beautiful yachts 
Scots Sea Dream, these beautiful mastered vessels that are just absolutely gorgeous. Even the name sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Sea Dream. Sea Dream. Exactly, exactly right. And so that is from Athens, as I said, to Venice, and that's the 8th of December this year. So that's quite a nice one if you're thinking of doing that. And if that's not your cup of tea, there's another one the Sea Dream have got, which is going from Nice to Barcelona and Malaga. So you actually go from Nice, starting there, uh, you go to Saneri-sur-Mer, which is another little coastal town on that French Riviera, Barcelona, then you go to Palma de Mallorca in the Balearic Islands in Spain, Alicante in Spain, uh, a place called Motril, but it's actually the port which will then let you go into Granada, and you go to Tangier in Morocco, Cadiz in Spain, and then you finish in Malaga. That's on the 11th um, of December, as well. So there you go. That's some fantastic itineraries on Sea Dream. And for solo travellers, not to leave them out, Emerald Cruises, who has a range of cruises throughout the world, um, Europe, Vietnam, Cambodia, quite a lot of different areas. Uh, the Rhine and the Danube French River Cruises, they're all river cruises, but in those countries, they've got a, a special offer for solo travellers. And that's fantastic because often, you know, it's, it's a deterrent. They have to pay usually a high supplement to travel as a, a lone traveller. Yeah, and that's the trick, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to pay that. So you, oh, I'm not going on this trip, this trip, that trip either because yeah. of that. And, yeah. it, and it can add up to quite a lot. So they've got a no single supplement on selected cruises of the Rhine, Danube, France and um, Southeast Asia river cruises as well. It's ba- booked um, based on booking an Emerald stateroom. Um, so there's certain you know categories of accommodation that is only available on and also on their balcony suites as well. So just keep that in mind because that's throughout Europe and Southeast Asia on a range of cruises. Now, Viking River Cruising have also got their... Of course, this year is so booked out, they've released early right through to 2025, 2024, 2025 dates for their river cruises. But you've got to book by the end of April and they've got an early bird saving on that if you want to secure that and lock that in before the end of the month. Mm, so about a, a week and a bit a on week, that one. That's right. Not far, but I thought just throw it in there. You might be ready just to sort of lock that one in with a deposit and just, you know, know that you've got it put aside for 24 or 25. Look, love the sound of it, Sally. We've done the sun, the sand, the surf <laughs> and the odd rattlesnake or two. We've done, <laughs> you've covered it all today. A great talking travel. You have a great week and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Certainly will. Thanks, Mark. That's our travel guide, Sally Lucas, wrapping up talking travel this afternoon. The latest news and information out of the Hunter Newsroom on the way at 2 o'clock for you on 2 and 103.7.